0: Let's look at Luke chapter 1 and verse 80, speaking about John the Baptist. John the Baptist, what a man, when you think about him and all that he did, what a special life, if you will. What a calling that this man will have. He'll have one mission in life. Uh, He will never marry. He will be single his entire life. He will not have any experience with a woman. He will, some thinks he he was a Nazarite, but... uh, the Bible doesn't tell us that. There are some things, of course, he would not drink wine. or some things that uh, he would never know that uh, aspect of it. But we're not necessarily told he was a Nazarite, that he couldn't touch a dead body or that his hair grew long. Uh, we're not told that. It might have been. might have been that case, but that's not a given. But he will live for, uh, he'll die in his early 30s. His uh, head will be taken off. What a grotesque way to die, if you will. He'll be in a king's prison for several months, and I've read a little bit about those prisons. They're horrible, wretched, wretched living conditions, uh, in the, maybe in the side of a hill somewhere, but just wretched conditions. And, and one day, someone, because he, he made a statement to a politician, uh, because he, he got the governor's wife upset, and uh, he just told him that their marriage wasn't appropriate. That's all he did. Yep. He just told him they were they were illegally or unlawfully married. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a case of incest, according to Scripture. Uh, first of all, it was his brother's wife. It was also happened to be his niece. And uh, uh, John just spoke out against it. And the end of his life will come when they bury him. They've got a headless body to bury. Him. Right. He is carried. Uh, to be buried and they only have a portion of the corpse to bury. Uh, I do not know what Herodias done with the head. Uh, but I thought, my, how wicked you've got to be to be one to have somebody's bloody head. And I, I wonder if his eyes were open looking at her. Now, you may not think about those things. Uh, but I'm telling you what, when that charger got delivered in there and, and she lifted the lid off of that thing and she looked at that head. She wanted to make sure John was dead. i I tell you what, I'd have, I would have just been loved to have been there and, and God would have spoke through that head and and said something to her. I think that would have been the... The greatest thing in the world. No record that that did happen. But she took it off and, and she looked at the head of the man that she hated. And uh, they probably took it out and threw it on the trash heap somewhere. Maybe the disciples found that too. I, we're not told that. They took the body and buried it. But uh, what, a, what a man. He's got to minister for about 18 months, two years max. He's going to minister and just introduce the Uh, uh, Jesus Christ and his ministry though is going to impact so many lives that years after he's dead they're still talking about him. Years after he's dead his ministry still impacted the world. How many fellas could preach 18 months and their ministry impact the world so great that they're talking about it years later and lives are still being transformed by the impact of that man's ministry. Powerful, powerful man who comes and does a work. Uh, But for 30 years he is... He doesn't preach a sermon. He's not known. He is not known. Uh, as a powerful birth and a situation. But uh, there's a statement made about him uh, in his childhood. He, he is, it speaks to his birth in Luke chapter 1. And then it comes down, talks about his uh, uh, purpose and his mission that he's going to have in verse 77, verse 79. I'll mention that. And talks about in uh, verse 80. And the child grew. Now, that's a, that's a statement that will just come uh, that's out of just an ordinary statement. Uh, if you don't grow, you'll die. Well, it tells us he grew. And, uh, but the growth here, and, and you know, they're not just, the Bible's not just stating the obvious. If he lived, obviously he grew. Okay, but the Bible's not just stating the obvious. You know, you can have folks that come and uh, you can have folks that are alive, but they don't seem to grow. And so when you state the obvious or what should be the norm, you're you're stating it because it is notable in this child's life. It it is a process going on, that this child's life took on a normal process, but he is growing. Deliberate things and actions are being taken in his life, and the result is that that intellectually and morally and uh, uh, spiritually, this baby is progressing and growing into a young man. I don't know when, but somewhere in this early childhood, it appears, somewhere in his childhood, John's parents will die. But the Bible says this, and he, and he waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel. I do not know the age. There have been different suggestions about that. Uh, at what time he would have went into the wilderness as a child. But it seems here that it's connected with his childhood. The child grew. Waxed STRONG IN SPIRIT AND WAS IN THE DESERTS. THE CHILD IS IN THE DESERTS. AND IT SEEMS LIKE IT DOESN'T TALK ABOUT HIM COMING TO THE DESERT WHEN he's A MAN, BUT it, APPARENTLY AT SOME YOUNG AGE, THIS uh, YOUNG MAN WHO WAS AN HEIR TO A PRIEST POSITION WILL NOT GO TO THE TEMPLE AND TAKE UP HIS PLACE. HE WILL GO TO THE DESERTS AND THERE HE WILL LIVE. HE DOESN'T BEGIN TO MINISTER till HE'S 30, SO PROBABLY if, IF HE GOES THERE WHEN HE'S 15, THAT'S 15 YEARS HE LIVES IN THE WILDERNESS. In solitude. Yeah. Now he probably has some contacts. He's not ignorant. When he comes out preaching, he's obviously not ignorant of what's going on in society. So he's had contacts. He has people, no doubt that he knows, but he, lie, he lives in the desert. He doesn't have a house in town. He doesn't have a job in town. He's got to, it don't take too much to uh, have locust and wild honey. But you've got to think about what in the world is a man doing for, for 15, maybe 20 years. Who knows? But if we just say 15 years in the desert, there's no cell phone. There's no TV. He probably lives under booths, a tent or something that he's made and erected. But I can tell you during this 15 years, this is a man that's learned to talk to God. This is a man that's learned the power of prayer. And the reason that this man, let me tell you, you don't waste, you don't waste years and in and, and that time period and, and and fiddle faddle and diddle daddle so to speak around and come out and have a year or so to accomplish a ministry and do it with such power that you turn a nation's heart back to God. You don't do that by being a spiritual louse all right and, and, and sloppy. You know sir this man has learned the power of prayer and, and we get that and we know that because he has waxed strong in spirit. The spirit of this man is not timid. You can't be a timid person backward fearful person and live your days among the foxes and the lions right. yeah. hey the coyote's howling the night he don't have a gun i don't read he's got a bow and an arrow i don't read he's got a sword he eats locust and wild honey I MEAN, HE'S GOT TO REACH IN AMONG THE BEES, HE'S GOT a HE'S A TOUGH MAN, HE'S NOW, MAYBE HE'S KILLED AN ANIMAL IN THAT REGARD AND MADE HIS OWN CLOTHES OUT OF HIM, he, HE'S DRESSED in, IN CAMEL'S HAIR, BUT he's, HE'S MADE HIS OWN HIDE AND, and, and MAYBE HOW HE ATTENDED AT HIMSELF, I DON'T KNOW, HE'S PROBABLY MADE HIS OWN CLOTHES, I, I, I'M JUST SAYING THAT, THERE'S A LOT ABOUT HIM WE DON'T KNOW, BUT I'M TELLING YOU WHEN HE CAME OUT OF THE DESERT, HE WAS A POWERHOUSE, HE WAS A MAN FULL OF THE SPIRIT OF GOD, THE BIBLE SAID HE WAS FILLED WITH THE HOLY GHOST IN HIS mother's womb. He hadn't lost that Holy Ghost in 30 years. He hadn't lost the anointing. He hasn't lost his purity. He hasn't lost his power. When he comes out of the wilderness and he begins to stand on the shores of Galilee and declare the word of God, this man's voice is a thunderclap. This man's voice is like a lightning bolt and it begins to shake the city. It begins to reach out into the neighborhoods and they begin to come and say, you've got to go here find me a voice of a prophet is speaking again. God has visited his people and light has sprung up and God is talking to us again. Woo! I tell you, God's been helping us but if we can make the most of the solitude, when God brings us out to the public eye, we'll make a difference on the public scene. But if you waste your time of solitude away, You'll have no impact when you come to the place, a public. How is that true right here? You have no power in the church house because you've wasted your time in solitude. You have no power in the public place on your job because when you had the hour at home, you spent it in the bed instead of on your knees before God. Amen. Sometimes that's just the way it is. And we've messed up sometimes because our hours of solitude were wasted and not something for gain. I don't mean he didn't have some times of relaxation. He didn't have some times in which John could at least no doubt sit and meditate and think and and rest his body but I don't know where he's been traversing during this time period. I know this uh, that he gets this place early in his life and he waxes strong in spirit. Now I'm going to tell you if we want that kind of effect and we need it because we have got to tell a world uh, that they are under the wrath of God. That's what John says. A king is coming. There's one coming after me. I'm coming. I'm a forerunner. I'm a voice in the uh, wilderness and I'm telling you that behind me is a king oh glory and he's coming and he was before me he is infinite and he's eternal and I'm telling you when he comes uh, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost or he's going to baptize you with fire you can receive the blessing of his kingdom or you can receive the wrath of his rod Uh, whichever one you want you can have it but he said I'm telling you the king is coming and you need to repent of your sin because the kingdom of God is right here I don't think, I know this world is clueless. We are still interested in building earthly nations, and we have forgotten the kingdom of God. Within less than a decade, less than a decade, the king could be visibly sitting in the city of Jerusalem. And it would be an entirely different world. Jesus ruling and reigning. But before he comes, there's going to be a time of wrath. We have got to prepare people. We have worried. Our, our gospel has become so much. You got to get ready to go to heaven. You got to get ready to go to heaven. Hey, buddy, you're getting ready to go through a tribulation, all right? If you don't know Jesus, you're not You're ready to live under the tyranny of an antichrist. You're getting ready to live under a time now, when folks are going to worship the devil. The dragon is going to be unleashed. In three and a half of that in years of that last half of tribulation, the devil is going to be cast to the earth and have all of his focus and intent upon all of earth's inhabitants and he'll have less to do it on because in the first half of tribulation, the half of the world's population is destroyed and he's going to have half the world's population and he's going to pour out his wrath and all that he can do, the devil working upon earth's inhabitants, that's what this world is coming to. It ain't so much about you right now ready for heaven. You need to be ready in that regard, but I'm telling you, what you need to understand is that a kingdom is coming. A king is coming back to this earth and he's going to set up his rule and his reign and you need to know him. You need to know his law. You need to know who he is. You need to know what it is to live under the rule and reign of Jesus Christ because that's not far down the road. Forget the EU. Forget some long distance America. The king is coming back to earth. The king is coming back to earth and John had to wake up a people to the coming of Jesus Christ yes. right. I feel that's where we're at mm. we've got to wake up a country mm. we've got to wake up people around us yeah. the king's coming back to this <laughs> earth buddy the king is coming back to yeah. this earth I know we got things we got to look at I know understand that we build and we work like he's not coming for a thousand years I understand that but the reality is in less than a decade you've got at least a seven year tribulation got a rapture before that, but they don't have to be much time between a rapture and tribulation. I'm talking about in eight years, folks. Eight years, Jesus can be on the earth. That's exciting. I'm a little bit less than that time period of paying off my mortgage, and it excites me. I mean, buddy, I'm a lot closer to the payoff than I was from when I borrowed it <laughs> some several years back, you know. And and I started, you know, you start making those payments, and you start out with a 30-year mortgage, and then a. Somewhere I got refinanced down to a 20 after I'd done paid some years and then and then I was able to, uh, a reduction in interest rates to finance for 15 years and, and I'm on the back side of that thing now. I'm on the back half on the downward road and and I just think about that, man. I mean, you know, less than seven years or so, I, I can be, uh, I can have, well, I don't have to make this big hunk of a mortgage payment every month. I said, man, you know, without any change in my taxes, well, i will probably change my taxes, but nevertheless here, here you get some a more take-home pay that's, a, that's kind of an exciting thing to not have to be bound to a bank, you know, and, and that's an exciting thing, but something greater than that's coming, yeah. and it won't be much longer than that. Yeah. And oh, glory, and we could be in the kingdom of Jesus Christ yeah. visibly ruling and reigning upon this earth somewhere. We have got to let us know that that's our work, and we need a ministry that can make an impact. God help us. If right now we're in solitude and God keeps us there yet for a little while, let's make the most out of it. Let's grow strong strong in spirit. Let's make sure that our spirits are strong. We're going to face an ignorant world. We're facing a rebellious world. We're facing a world of demons. We're facing a world of falsehood and deception. We're facing a world of backsliding. We're facing a world of impotence. We're facing a world of corruption and perversion. And I'm telling you, folks are falling by the wayside. Christians are being trapped and ensnared in the deceptions that are around us. And people are complacent. They're like a daisy. they Sitting back and they're not digging in. I'm telling you, you better have something inside you that is greater than the devastation that's going on around you. Something in here better drive us. And we better have something in us that says, I'm going to stick no matter what. Mm -hmm. What Brother John said tonight, I'm going to make it. I better be in you. I'm not going to get tripped up. I'm not going to fall by the wayside. I'm not going to let some pettiness destroy me. I'm going to make it. John built a character. In 20, 15, 20 years in the wilderness. I think though his parents so instilled some things in him before he ever got there. Just think about it one more time. I'm going to read this other verse. How many 12... 13, 14, 15 year olds could be turned loose in a wilderness and expected not only to survive but 15 years later come out of the wilderness full of the power of God. Right. Go ahead, brother. How many of us could do that? You think about that. See, sometimes we just don't know. Ah, we just read it, no big deal. I'll tell you what you do. You put yourself out there. I know he's there when he's 25. Put yourself out there when you dawn on the 25th year. He's got five more to go. It's a rainy day. It's cloudy. Or it's a snowy day. It's cold. You're sitting there. Nobody cares about you shivering. Nobody cares about your rainy day, John. They've forgotten about you. My, what a son of promise you were because you were given to your parents in their old age What a child of promise. And you've disappeared from you. You've been forgotten, bud. Nobody even cares about you in this wilderness. But I'm telling you, this man has built some strength. It's him and God. That's all right. But I'm telling you, days go by slow, folks. Days go by slow in the wilderness. And it's one day, one day. I don't know how he counted them off, but he has to wait. No, not today, John. You don't get to go. How about today, God? Do I go preach my message? No, not today, John. Year 27. And he wakes up. I wonder every day, Lord, is it today? No, not today, John. I wonder how many times he heard no and if he asked or if he knew the specific age. I don't know that. I, I don't know all of that, but I'm going to tell you if you think life uh, was a rose garden for John in the wilderness, you, you got a wrong thing coming. He had dreary days. He had lonely days. He had boring days. He had days of monotony. He had days uh, he could have counted the hairs on the fox's head. I guarantee you he could have probably tell you uh, that how how many stars might have been in the sky? I mean, this man, he's out there. And I know he's not twiddling his thumbs, but that's how life is. Life will hand you dark days. It will hand you difficult days. When he comes out of the wilderness, he's been in the fire. He's been in the test. You think the devil left him alone out there for 30 years? No he worked on him every day he could work on him he tempted him every day he could tempt him he plowed up his field every day he could plow up his field he furrowed the back of John the Baptist again and again and he worked on him in the solitude but he didn't win glory to the Lamb of God hey this wasn't the Son of God this is ordinary flesh like you and I and I'm here to tell you you and I can make it through Jesus Christ we can come out of this wilderness intact in victory and power because the king is coming glory to God now John there's one thing he didn't know that we do know John did not understand that there would be a church age and Jesus would come and do the first part and preach liberty and freedom and healing and resurrection of the dead and cleansing of lepers then he would die and he would go away. And there would be no judgment immediately upon those wicked folks. The empire of Rome would live on for several hundred years. And the model of that, it would persecute the people of God. John did not know that. You see, John's got a hope. I don't think John thinks he's going to die. Hey, you're the friend of the bridegroom. Buddy, the bridegroom gets married. married. You get top position. Yes, sir. John comes along and he's looking down the road. i tell you what he's looking for. When he says the king is behind me then he is ready. John's ready to back into the shadows. Be number two man, number three man, number four man. He doesn't empower that. But John's not looking to die. He's waiting for Jesus to bring some thunderbolts. He's looking for Jesus to bring some judgment. He's looking for Jesus to exalt the nation of Israel and where John's going to sit. But John doesn't get a king's palace. He gets a king's prison. John doesn't get to, to go and enjoy uh, the glory of the millennial kingdom John gets to, John dies uh, before Jesus completes his ministry and Jesus was said, whoever's in the kingdom uh, is greater than John the Baptist. He that's least in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. Uh, John never grasped that. He never saw all of that was coming. He was disheartened by it. Right? I'm telling you a greater man among women was never born uh, and you and I need to understand uh, we know the end of the story. We know in a decade the he is coming this time. We've got the salvation. We've got the glory. But I'm telling you, he's coming back in his wrath and he's going to wreak that wrath upon this earth and you and I are going to share in the kingdom of God. Amen. Woo, praise the Lord. Amen. Christianity is not for a weak-hearted people. Christianity is not for an An effeminate, impotent crowd. Mm -hmm. Christianity is for the strong. It will make you strong. And it will require strength to stand in this crowd. Spoken of Jesus in chapter 2 and verse 40. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit. Filled with wisdom. And the grace of God was upon him. Again, speaking of his childhood, he's taken to the temple for his dedication and now he is going to grow and he's going to wax strong in spirit. We will get a portrait of the strength of his spirit. We don't get a portrait of John the Baptist at age 12, but we do get a portrait of Jesus at age 12. I wonder if it wasn't when John turned 12 is when he'll end up going to the wilderness because 12 is your coming of age. It's when you become a man for a Jewish boy. It's your, your transition from, from uh, youth to manhood. And uh, we'll get a portrait of how strong Jesus is in spirit. He is 12 years of age. He's so strong he can take care of himself without his parents. He can maneuver a large city such as Jerusalem without fear. And all the streets in Jerusalem aren't safe. He knows where to go. He knows the temple. He knows the precincts. He knows the Bible. He knows where God wants him to be. He knows his father's business. He is fully aware of who he is. He is well aware at this point that Joseph is not his father and uh, even of his humanity. Uh, Mary and Joseph will come and say to him, "Wist thou not that you, uh, me and your father have sought thee? Pointing to Joseph, your father and I have sought thee. Your father and I, and she's talking about Joseph, we have sought thee sorrowing. And Jesus said, Did you not know that I should be about my father's business? (laughs) Uh, He wasn't being ugly. He wasn't being rude. And Joseph doesn't contradict him. He knows the truth. He knows he's not the father of that lad. He knows he's not the one that that has has caused Mary to be pregnant and has produced the baby. He knows the dream that he's gotten. And Jesus is at the point where he recognized at the age of 12 uh, his mom and dad, uh, Joseph and Mary, hasn't told him anything. Your father and I, that's what she's still looking at. That's the relationship. And Jesus said things have changed. Mary, I need to be about my father's business, but since they didn't understand it, he will go back down with them. And strong in spirit doesn't mean arrogant in spirit, strong in spirit doesn't mean you resist and rebel against God's course, Uh, it doesn't mean you rebel against uh, God's uh, delegated authorities and you do things your way. It means you are able to take every curve in the road uh, by the divine providence of God and you're able to move along. Uh, And God said it's going to be another 18 years. Uh, going down and be something to Joseph and Mary and you will not come out because I got a guy down in the wilderness. I got a guy down there. I got to prepare him. I got to bring him to the place where he can come out and prepare the way for you, Jesus. Oh, yeah. There's some folks in this church that are strong. There's folks that are growing stronger. But there's some folks in this church I don't think you could pill them It'd be easier for you to peel the outside of that paneling off that piece of paneling right there than it would to peel them away. From this church and what God is doing and the work of God in this place because they know who they are. You've been through the fire. I'm telling you, you were tested 15 and 20 years ago when you were coming through the fire in this church, when you were going through valleys, when you were going through challenges, when there were messages that burnt you up, when there were internal struggles and conflicts in the church that set your life a, a, a twirl, and you felt like you was in a wash machine, going round and round, getting thumped up against the sides. You went through difficulty. You've come Through hardships in your family You've had challenges here And challenges there But you made a decision I'm sticking to it Glory to God There was something in you That grew and said I'm not going to be weak I'm not going to be dumbed down I'm staying to this This is God's course This is where I need to stay And you went back And faced the music again You went back And found your place in the church You went right back in there And stuck your nose In the back of that battle And said I'm going to heat I'm going to fight And I'm going to win this battle and today you're strong and today the devil can't dislodge you. Amen. Go to the Lamb of God. He can't peel you apart. You've been sucked together like a piece of plywood and you cannot be dislodged because you've grown strong in spirit. Hallelujah. Right. Woo! Go to God. There's some right now that are on the fringes. They can still be shaken. It'll remain to, seem whether, remain to be seen whether they will further the strength of spirit or whether they will be weakened and fail. But some of you look back over the last two decades and you know what difficulties you've traversed. You know what paths that you've come across and you're still here. And you're not here because you're stuck. You're here because you're decided. Because you know God's will. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I'm going to tell you, you got to go live 18 years. You're the son of God. You know who you are. You know where you're at. You know why you're on the earth and you got to go work 18 years in a carpenter's shop and you got to wait until God speaks to you, until the Father tells you that now it's time for you to go down the dusty trail and begin the ministry. You know where it's going to end up. You know where it's going. But he, let me tell you when you know you're facing a cross, when you know you're facing certain death and you know the kind of death you're going to to die and yet determinably you, you go towards it and you don't lose your joy you don't lose uh, your sense of security you don't lose your sense of control you just keep making steady progress towards the goal even when you know that you got to walk through a fire and it's heated seven times hotter you know you got to walk through a furnace that is more difficult than you've ever known but you know something on the other side of that furnace is a kingdom glory to God on the other side of that valley is a mountain of glory on the other side is victory and you have set your face like a flame why? Because you are strong in spirit and you know who your God is. You are persuaded and he's able to keep that which you've committed unto him. Go to the love of God. That's what we need today. It's not a time for wavering. It's not a time for second guessing. It's not a time to wonder whether or not we're Pentecostals. If we're wondering now about tongues, we ought to either be a newcomer or we're going to be a golden. Once right after you've been in it this long you're in a heap of trouble come on, on you yeah. hey. right you oughtn't to be worried about how you should dress yeah come on someone makes some comment about you Hey, why you dressed a certain way? It ought to be like water on a duck's back. Right, right, it ought to flow off of you so fast you laugh at him. <laughs> and you say, does that bother you, bud? My, you have to do more than that to shake me today. Oh, yes. Uh, you have to find another advantage point. Uh, you have to find another tactic. Uh, because I'm telling you, long ago, I settled that down. I got that decided. Uh, I know where I stand. I know who I am. In spirit, glory to God. Hallelujah! Oh, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm gonna be shaking whether or not I should or shouldn't show emotion. Come off of it. How long you been in this thing? How long you been in this game? And you been in this life? You been doing this thing, my. If you've been in this thing long enough to get established, you ought to be established. We'll have patience. We'll gather around like a fortress around the new babes in Christ. We'll hold on to them. We'll protect them. We'll shelter them. We'll teach them. We'll train them. But after you've been in it a while, let me tell you, we believe you ought to be able to look the wolf in the face. He may have saliva dripping out of the sides of his jaw. He may look like he's got fangs three inches long. But you can look him in the eye and say, go ahead. Howl all you want to. But the mountain's not going to bow to you. I am a king's son, and I live in the kingdom of Jesus Christ, and my foot's on the rock, and my mind's made up, and I am not turning around. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. The devil ought to look at you and say, He's too well established. The only way you're going to get him is try to work on the folks and wear him down. Work on the folks that's connected to him. Mm, If the enemy's working through that, you might know that maybe that's a sign you're strong. It could be a sign that this is the way the enemy's going to get you. But I'm telling you, there has to be something where you wake up in the morning and you laugh at danger. Come on home, brother. You smile at the anxiety and say you're too late <laughs> I done found a place <laughs> I done found a covert from the storm I found a wing I can get under and that I can find shelter. Oh, glory to God. I I dwell in a rock. Oh, glory to God. There, I'll hide under the shadow of that rock. You're too late to think you're going to knock me out of this place. I stand here and you think, oh, by the woods, you ought to be careful. You know, I know, but I'm telling you, you're not a person who thinks he stands alone. You're not a person who goes about bragging and saying, I can't be defeated. You're a person who's learned. This is how life is lived oh yes faith is what sustained me grace is what's brought me through and you have learned how to make use of the means of grace you are not worried about falling to the devil not because you're strong and great but because you've learned the power of prayer you've learned the place of the secret place of dwelling in the most high God you've learned how to reach your hand and get a hold of the grace and lay hold of the hand of Jesus it doesn't matter if you can't see where you you going. You've got a grip on the hand of someone who's leading you Hallelujah. into eternal life. Yes, Thank you. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. Mm. Strong in spirit. That's what they were. That's what these men were mentioned here. This is the idea of people who are who sense the presence of God at all times. There's some folks that you know about gotta have an earthquake for them to feel like realize that God's in the house. Uh-huh. Come on. Come on. But a man who is strong in spirit, he'll sense God's presence. Uh-huh in the most dire circumstances, in what seems to be an atmosphere of death, he will be able to sense and know where God's at yes. and know God's presence. Because his spirit is the strongest thing about him. You could put him in a wheelchair and he'd have more power than somebody who could run a marathon. Come on now. Come on, yep. brother, go ahead. They'll fall apart when they don't get their trophy. This man can have his body fall apart around him and he'll stand like a like a sequoia. In the, in, the, in the woods a giant tree that is unmovable that's going to stand through the ages and the storms can beat on it but when you could go out the next morning after the wind is howled and it's thrown its best tactic at the tree and you go out there the next morning and you find out she's still standing. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Throw your best into me. What you got? It means the idea that you understand the deep things. You're no longer a surface reader of the word of God. You're no longer just trying to meet a devil Quota. Uh, you're no longer just trying to say you've been able to read the Bible in a year you're now understanding you're looking you're listening for the voice of God in every line you're reading the word of God uh, and you're sensing things uh, the preacher can preach a message uh, and you'll get five times more out of it because you knew things that were deeper God can talk to you things uh, that the minister never verbalized uh, but he touched on something uh, that sparked this and that and it brought this to your heart and God spoke uh, into the depths of your being why? I'll tell you why. Because your spirit is strong and it's in tune with God. And because you have developed a, a sensitivity to the truth of God's word. Oh, that's it. Amen. Thank God. Amen. What well, was a man and a person when a preacher? You're either immature or you're in big trouble. You're either a newcomer to it or you're in big trouble when the man of God can preach something in depth. And you say, that was over my head. Yeah. Uh-huh. Come on, I'm not talking about a man who's preaching a language you can't understand. I'm not talking about a man who maybe uses words beyond your vocabulary. I'm talking about someone who's illiterate when it comes to the word of God. Right. And he's talking scripture and you don't even know it because you're not familiar enough with the scripture. Now, if you're oh, a new yeah. babe in Christ, yeah. we understand that. If you hadn't been in this thing very long, we understand that. But we're bothered by that. If you've been around a long time and say that went over my head, I didn't get nothing out of that message. You didn't get nothing out of that message because your spirit's so weak. uh, You cannot uh, shut down the things that are bombarding your mind during the service. Uh, You can't even focus your attention enough on God's Word so you can listen to what God's got to say. You read the Bible and you're so distracted you can't get anything out of it because your spirit's weak uh, and you've got nothing in you uh, that fortifies you and is able to shut that message down and tune that mind on God and say, God, I want you to talk to me. Talk to me, God. Woo! You've learned the promptings of the spirit. You've learned that little small voice is not to be disregarded or neglected or carelessly treated. You're tuned to that. When God speaks, you don't go make an announcement. You don't have to get up and testify about it. You just quietly move to where God told you to move to. Well, God told me to go over there the other day, it's all right. It's, It's not a problem to tell that. I'm not telling you that. But you will tell it because someone needs that or God impresses or someone needs to understand this is what God can do in your life. Not because you had to be validated in your spiritual experience. I don't need some spiritual validation in my life that says, hey... You know, uh, God talks to me and everybody needs to know it. That ain't what it's about. Uh, No, you got your ears open to that. And the spirit, he don't even have to talk. He just nudges you a little bit. He just points you in the direction and and just kind of nudges you. And your life uh, is not one in which you get these slam dunks uh, and where God has to whack you upside the head to get your attention. Your life uh, is more steady because you're in a straight and narrow way. uh, And if just a little bit uh, of straying in you, the Lord, he doesn't have to come down and preach hellfire and brimstone to you. He doesn't have to stick a rod or bring a lash across your back. He'll just nudge you a little bit. He'll just nudge you a little bit. Oh, glory. And you'll feel that little tug of the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. got it in here. I got to go talk to God here. I got to go find the place and get a hold of the Lord Jesus Christ because you're strong in your spirit. Oh, yeah. You're alert to spiritual danger. When you get in a place, you know you're spiritually volatile. You got more buzzers going off in your head and your life than a man can explain. And you're finding your place and you're talking to God and you're warning others and people look at you and they don't even know it. You still look like that sequoia tree to them. You look like you're well established but you know Hey, I'm, I'm. There's some danger right here. I better tighten this ship up a little bit. I better, I better strap this thing in. I'm in a storm right now. Oh glory. Mm, They call it fracking Uh, frapping, I think it was, and you draw that cable and you send it down and you draw it under the ship and you bring it up around it and you tie it together in the middle because that ship is under such an assault by this wind and the waves that it could come apart at the seam. so you just tighten it up. You just put some extra cables around it, but you know when to do that. You know when the storm has got too deep. You know when the wind is blowing too hot and too Steady, You know when the waves are too high. You don't brag about it. You don't boast about it. And you say, hey, I know when I need to draw this thing in here. I know when it's time for me to dig. I better dig right now. It's time for me to shut this down and get a hold of God because you know in your spirit where you are as a saint of God. You ain't got to be in a prayer line. You ain't got to be prophesied to. You ain't got to have the preacher visit you. You are safe in God's hands. And the nudge, the tug, or the stern rebuke of the one who lives in you will make you jump to attention and do what you need to do. You're able to discern when others' actions and attitudes aren't right. You're able to know when somebody's response isn't what it ought to be. You're able to know when they're out of sync with what God is doing. And their their spirit's a little twisted and it's a little off-center. You know that because your spirit's in harmony with God's spirit. Because you're alert. You know how to respond to people in such a case. You don't fly off the handle at them. You understand that they they don't know and they're out of sort here. And they don't see. I see that the devil wants to use their volatility, their lack of control to get me. You understand it's not about you, your rights, and whether or not you win this argument. It's about whether or not God is glorified. That peace and righteousness reign, hallelujah! And God is honored because you are in tune with the larger picture of life, and you see. Yes, I got somebody here that's out of sync. Somebody in my home that's not on the right course. I got somebody that's not quite where they need to be. There's somebody in the church, and they don't understand what's going on, and they've gotten out to, uh, they've gotten out of kilter over something that's going on in the church, and they, they don't really know what they're talking about. But I see what this is all about. Glory. To God. I don't have to be hit in the head by the preacher. I don't have to be taken and and talked to and and put in a corner somewhere. I see exactly what's happening Oh, glory. And I'm going to deal with this the way God wants me to deal with this in the spirit of lowliness and meekness uh, because my spirit is subject to the spirit of the living God and my spirit is strong. I can bear this onslaught. You have those lower, inferior faculties under control. Those passions that overwhelm some no longer overwhelm you. When some folks are pushing panic buttons, you're the steady Eddie. When some folks are worried and crying out, what are we going to do? You're ready to speak to the wind. Go Say, <laughs> so it's time for you to be quiet. Because yeah, the Lord commanded this ship to go to the other side, and it's going to the go other ahead, side, man. okay? Now, you may not like it, wind, and you can have, but I'm sticking that oar in the water, all right? And I'm going to keep rowing this boat. Well, the boat's full. I don't care. Jesus is on board. Yeah. Right. The boat goes down, it's all right. He walks on water. Yeah, Woo! Hallelujah. Glory <laughs> to the yeah, Lamb of God. Man. Well, what are you going to do? I'm going to walk with him. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put my hand in his hand. Ah, glory to God. Ah, whatever he wants to get me there, it doesn't matter. One time, they just stick it in there and the boat's already at shore. Ah, let me tell you, he can suspend the laws of nature. I don't know how we're going to pay for the church. I don't know how we're going to do this. He can multiply one and make it a thousand. He can make a thousand of me. It doesn't matter. Is he commanded me to go to the other side? You've got to be strong in spirit and know that God will bring this thing out. Woo, glory. You got to know how to bind the devil. That's the strong man. You don't bind the devil by repeating the phrase, I bind you, devil, I bind you, devil. I'm not telling you... There might not be some times when that's appropriate to say. But speaking the phrase doesn't bind the devil. You can say it a thousand times and he'll laugh at you. Mm -hmm. He is not moved by phrases. He's moved by faith. He's not moved by the repetition of a saying. He flees because someone is steadfast. And their faith in Jesus Christ. They told Jesus you're casting out devils by Beelzebub. He tells them their logic is convoluted. He said folks. Now let's just think about this thing. If I'm casting out devils by devil, The prince of devils. Then his house is divided. Right. Satan is casting out Satan he must have lost his mind and a house divided cannot stand That's it. no fellas if you think logically no man can enter in to the house of a strong man and take the goods of his house until he first binds the right. strong man right. you see I'm spoiling the devil's house He's got some possessions. He's dwelling in some houses. Glory. He's been able to go in and take possession of some lives. But you see what I did is I bound him. Glory, and so I'm able to take what was in his hand. Ah, glory to God. I bound him, kicked him out of the house, and what he had in his hands is now in my hands. Oh, yes. You see, if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, he said, The kingdom of God has come unto you, and I basically bound the strong man. Let me tell you something: the devil is a strong man. I'm not saying he's a man. That's just the typology that the Lord uses. The devil's not a weakling. He's not an ignorant being. He has power. He has force. He has an ability. But I'm telling you, he can take you out. But when your spirit is strong, you've learned how to bind him. How do I bind him, Brother Woods? Well, let me tell you something. This isn't binding the devil in my own life. is not the idea that I must be casting out devils. I don't have the devil in me. I'm a Christian. I'm a child of God. How do I bind the strong man uh, from being able to get a hold of me I tell you I make sure he doesn't get a landing strip Uh, I make sure that every time he reaches uh, it's a slippery slope Uh, every time he tries to place a foothold in me he slides back Uh, every time he tries to get a grip uh, he loses it quicker because I'm under the power and the dominion of the Holy Ghost Uh, and my spirit is steadfast in faith in God hallelujah Woo! glory to the Lord Hallelujah! Yeah. Because the man that's strong in spirit senses Jesus. the tactics yes. and the devil. Oh, yeah. To you it's was just an argument between you and your husband. To the devil it was a step to the destruction of peace in your home. Yeah, that's right. Right. To you it was a bad day at Walmart. Mm-hmm. You got shortchanged. You were treated ugly the devil it was an attempt and many times successful to reveal that the smallest things in your life will cause you to lose your joy and your sense of direction so that you go home and can't even cook supper can't even go give your husband a kiss because you're disturbed over some goofy clerk at Walmart who didn't know what they're doing? Hello. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. To you, it's just a bad day with the kid. <laughs> to the devil, it was an attempt to disrupt disrupt your entire spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. Woo! Glory! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. To you, as a child going astray, and you're embarrassed because of the activity of a son or a daughter. Went to the devil. It was an attempt to bring a child of God to a place of unbelief, yeah. to where they place more attention on material things. I've watched it. I've watched it many times. I've watched many a uh, Christian person. Be more concerned about whether or not their children were financially successful than spiritually Uh right. And as long as their child doesn't embarrass them socially, they're happy. Even though if they drew their next breath tomorrow, they'd open their eyes up in hell. That part they don't think about. But my child's on drugs. And -and so-and-so's child is successful. They got a career. They're a nice doctor. They're making $150,000 a year and your child's living on skid row. Can I tell you something right now? If they both don't repent, they will both likewise perish and they will share an eternal darkness and hell together. Let me tell you somewhere, your first concern when you're strong in spirit is not the house your child lives in, it's whether or not your child is a house of God, it's not whether or not they drive a nice car, it's whether or not they know how to pray, they know how to read the Bible, and they got a love for And what you saw was embar- embarrassment to your reputation. Was a cleverly disguised deception of the devil to draw you further into some sense of false security that your child is probably alright because he is socially upstanding. Hello. I got to close right here. Somewhere you and I, we've been in the wilderness a while, Brother Benny. I feel like the voice is fixing to cry louder than it's ever cried. I'm sensing it, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling a challenge coming. Won't you pray God will help us make short work of this building because I really feel like that's what God wants. I ain't interested in no decade long project. You understand that? I don't even really want a year long project. And you might think, well, that can't be done. I serve a big God. I really don't want to be in this building a year from now. Do you understand that? Because I believe God's got another place for us to be in. And it ain't about buildings. That's not my point. We're not looking to make some social statement or an economic statement. Now, I, if I miss it, I miss it, all right? I I'm not tell you that as a prophecy. I'm telling you that as a desire. And I, I believe that and I sense it. That God is, is leading and there's something needs to be done here. Let's prepare. Let's make sure we're strong enough in spirit. Now, you're going to get tested, all right? I'm going to tell you through this, if you do anything involved in this project, you're going to get impatient with Brother Woods, <laughs> You're going to be feel times You can take the hammer that's in your hand and plug me right between the eyes. And don't get so arrogant because I'm going to feel the same way about you. Because there are going to be times I'm going to want you to go home and be quiet. And you're going to wish I'd never showed up on the job that day. All right? I'm just telling you, the enemy's going to tell you, but we're going to be so strong in spirit uh, that when that testy moment comes, uh, we're going to back up and say, ha-ha, glory to God. Yeah. Time to take a little break and laugh here and give thanks and praise to Jesus Amen. Christ uh, and just get down on our knees and say, Lord, yeah. we need a little help right here right now. We need you, Lord, to open our eyes. We need you, Lord, Amen. to touch us. Uh, and we know, God, that you're in control here and this isn't about us. Glory to God. We need you, Lord, to give your wisdom. as only you can give that's what we need being that are strong in spirit because we're going to finish this job because we got a bigger job to do and God is on our side we've got to grow strong and be strong in spirit